Hi everyone, just before we jump into the episode, I wanted to let you know about my brand new course at Education Business Club. So it's all about coming up with your big idea for your education business. And I wrote this course because I see that one of the biggest barriers to getting a business going successfully is being really clear on your idea. So who is it that you're serving? What is the problem that you're solving? Why is it a good idea? And knowing whether or not you'll want to stick with the idea long term. So in the course, I teach the 18 reasons why your business ideas will work and won't work and the six key ingredients that you need to make sure that you have a viable idea. You're going to come away from the course being really clear on your new education business idea, whether that's you starting a business for the first time, maybe you're adding another income stream into your existing business, or even maybe you just want to sense check what you've done so far if you've been in business for a few years. It's not a long, onerous course. I didn't want to do that to you but it will provide you with lots of action-focused information that you can just start acting on straight away. You can find the course at educationbusinessclub.co.uk forward slash training. Thank you so much for listening to that. And here is today's episode. This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. Today, we're going to be talking about what the CEO at Classroom Secrets does. That's me, by the way. And if you don't know what Classroom Secrets is, here is a quick 30-second rundown for you so that you're in the know. So Classroom Secrets is an online educational resource company that serves thousands of schools and tens of thousands of teachers across the world but mainly in the UK with educational content such as downloadable worksheets, lesson slides, display resources and interactive games. Now as a company we're actively growing our revenue towards the eight-figure mark and we've got a team of around 50 colleagues working with us at the moment. It started as an idea when I was on supply in the EFR classroom in 2010 and then since then myself and Ed who is my co-founder, my best friend, and also happens to be my husband, we've grown it from concept to what it is today. Now, the reason for this episode is because I want to talk about that CEO thing. It's like this unspoken thing. But I know it's a thing because of the questions that get asked. What am I on about? So that unspoken thing that I'm going to say is that anyone can call themselves a CEO. And I've got no problem with that. That is not what this episode is about. But because of this, CEO can mean so many different things. It often means startup founder, dog's body. Could mean managing director, one-man band. I could go on with all these different names um, that could relate to the CEO title. But I always get asked what I do as a CEO. And I know that's because my community see that for me, it's not any of the above. I've moved it on from that. And the other reason that I'm asked as well is because people want to know what they're aiming for. If they seriously want to grow their teams and their businesses, they see what I have. And so they want a glimpse of what maybe the future looks like. And, you know, all CEOs are different. There's a difference between being a CEO of a three-person team, of course, and a 50-person team, a huge difference. Just as there's a huge difference between 
being the CEO of a 50-person team and a 10,000-person team. But get ready, because I'm going to spill the beans on what this CEO does. So on my journey to CEO, because I didn't call myself that from day one, you know, I've got a thing about that. And (laughs) I've done two key things. I've employed and I've delegated. Now, I'm not going to get into the detail of that, the, the employing and the delegating today, because I've got plenty of content on that. So if you're listening to this episode and you're inspired to do more CEO things, I can definitely help you. Think more like a CEO when it comes to getting help from freelancers or employees. Um, you know, it's funny because one of my clients had previously had a really bad experience hiring a VA for the first time. And when they took the how to hire freelancers training and the how to hire employers training at Education Business Club, just really helped them to see how how the mistakes they'd made had, had kind of played out and really helped them to get clear on the mistakes that she'd made in the first place and then how she could move forward with a plan that incorporated the pitfalls that she didn't even know existed yet because I taught her those in the training based on the hiring experience that Ed and I have gained over the last seven years. So that's that's all I'm going to say on the hiring to get you to a CEO role. So what does my role look like in general then? Changeable. It changes. And it changes according to the needs of the business. It changes according to my needs. It changes according to my ideas. I pioneer things in the business and then I find ways to pass them on to others so that they become business as usual. So no day is the same. So in the earlier days, this might see me creating something and then passing on the process. Now, it usually sees me mentoring others through my ideas at the conception stage. There's a lot of mentoring going on in my role. Formal and informal conversations, meetings, check-ins, sharing my thought processes, sharing my experiences, sharing my opinions, sharing my ideas and, and what I've researched. It didn't used to be this way, you know. When we're in the office full-time, I was overwhelmed by people and that's probably an understatement and that's something that I'm learning more about at the moment as I explore some more personal things that I'll update you about at the right time but this led me to wanting to hide away and in a way lockdown provided me with the perfect opportunity for that and then one day my ops director who's had a lot of contact with me um and informal mentoring and she's been with us a really long time she just said to me Claire you need to rub off on people and she was right she was right so the last two years at Classroom Secrets have seriously been about me rubbing off on people you know the way I think about customers the way I think about teachers the way I think about marketing the way I think about products the way I think about business now I know you were probably expecting me to give you a list of tasks and meetings. This is what you should do as a CEO. And I could give you those, but you wouldn't learn much from them unless you knew the intention behind it, which is rubbing off on people. I don't guide my role by tasks. I guide it by intention. And my intention is to rub off on people. And I rub off on people to help them contribute to growing the company so that I can focus on the new big ideas 
for both the team and for the business. So each week, you might find me in some kind of project update meeting. So at the moment, we're building a new website. We're delivering a huge internal learning and development program as well, which is my baby, something I'm really super passionate about. So I'll also dial into a few updates on product as well. I'm in exec meetings where we move remove all the blockers to move things on in key areas of the business. And then I have my ideas as well and pass them on to the right people. Sometimes they're tiny ideas and it's just something that I, I mention to a team member because I've seen something on social media and I think, oh yes, we should do this. And sometimes they're massive and I have to submit a project form and wait <laughs> until the right time for us to get cracking. But what I can say is that it all feels very bird's eye view. And I struggled with that at first, letting things go. Not that I didn't want to see them bird's eye view, but I struggled letting go of the details as well. And I had to get the right people in the right seats so that I could trust that the right questions were being asked. I had to spend time rubbing off on my leaders. But having a bird's eye view really helps me to see things from a different perspective. And this is exactly what the team need as well. So I hope that is a a helpful insight into my work. Now, to get to this point, you obviously do need a team because the day-to-day still needs to get done. And I'm saying, well, don't do the day-to-day, just oversee everything. And the CEO role is definitely not about the day-to-day. And it can be daunting to know where to start with hiring. But what I do want you to know is that you don't have to feel alone in that. We can support you through that in the Training at Education Business Club. So don't have any sleepless nights over, oh my word, I want to get to the CEO role, I need to grow a team. You can work with us and get there faster and that will really help calm your worries. The training is at educationbusinessclub.co.uk forward slash training if you want to just have a quick scan over what we've got available. So I've talked about the fact that I have a general intention that I'm guided by, new ideas and rubbing off on people, and that can present itself in so many ways. So it's difficult to talk about the specific tasks because it's different every week, and it'll be different in your business as well. But I can talk about the tasks that I don't do though, and this could be really insightful for you because they could be things that you are still doing now and that you need to pass on to your team if you've got one, or pass on in the future when you start hiring. So here's what I don't do anymore. So I don't look at customer service emails. I don't look at the service inbox. I used to be in those emails every day. In fact, probably every hour. But now I don't look. I've got a team that I really trust to look at those emails. And as your business matures, your leaders will have their own vision for customer service or their departments that will fit into your overall vision of the company as well. I don't create resources. Obviously, I did back in the day, but not now. I do have resources for idea. Um, I do have ideas for resources sometimes, but I'm not in the detail of it. I'll brief the idea to someone that I know who will be able to buy into it. And that also bring their creativity and experience to make it even better than what I first thought it could be. But most of the resource ideas are not coming from me though, like they did back in the day. I don't proofread resources. 
So there was a time when this was 90% of my job and I'm not the most natural proofreader. I had to really train myself to do it and compared to our proofreading team now, I was definitely substandard at that. I don't set up systems and processes. I might bring lots of ideas for them and lay out 80% of how I see it working, but I don't implement them. And I'm always looking for the team to suggest ways that we can improve the ideas that I bring and, and build on those as well based on their experiences. I don't write social media copy or email copy for Classroom Secrets. There'll be the odd time when I do, but that's always from a place of inspiration and the feeling um, where I need to act on my intuition rather than me being relied on for a regular uh, day-to-day process. I don't edit podcast episodes. Yeah, I could, but this would take up valuable time when I should be doing something else that I'm good at. And I've got team members who can do it much better than I can. I don't call schools. So I'm not the one nurturing schools to the point of invoice and beyond because it's not my zone of genius, but it is the zone of genius for the people on the team. Are you seeing the theme here? I don't run team meetings, I don't run managers meetings, or actually manage people at all, if I'm honest. My only direct report now is our MD, who needs very little management, um, but obviously we do a lot of informal mentoring. Um, but managing is not my zone of genius. But of course, I have done it in the past because you do need to do that if you're going to grow a company. So when it comes to, to the development of the team, think of me more like a consultant, giving ideas, advice, coaching, and challenging people's thinking rather than thinking of me as a manager. That's not what I'm doing as CEO. I don't project manage either. So give me small things that I can get ticked off and and I love it because I love to highlight off my to-do list. But give me a big project with quite a few moving parts and I'm honestly struggling. But we've got a project manager who's absolutely epic and it really helps us to move everything along and it keeps us all accountable. I don't enjoy managing, so I really appreciate someone else who holds everyone to account, including me and Ed. I mean, can you imagine what it's like working with your husband? Um, you know, sometimes it can feel a little bit like everyone else's stuff gets done except my stuff, which is why our project manager is brilliant at keeping everyone accountable, including me and Ed. Um, I don't chase customer debt. I'm never on the phones, even chasing for debt. My mum does this actually, so watch out <laughs> if uh, you owe some money. To be honest, like the number is so small, we don't really have a problem with with customer debt. Um, I don't explore technology options, so I'm married to the CTO and co-founder, so technology is obviously taken very seriously around here, and I don't have to worry about that at all. I don't solve IT problems. We've got a Technician who deals with everyone's day-to-day IT problems and he's also amazing at skilling everyone up to be more self-sufficient as well. I don't upload resources. We've got a small upload team. I know how to upload a resource or I do the old way anyway. But now we've got a team who upload resources to the website. I don't design the website. I was never particularly great at this and a lot of work has been going on in the background for the new website that's coming so that is going to be super amazing really excited about that and 
uh, adult design in general. I don't create any of the assets for Classroom Secrets because that's done by the design team. Now, that was a long list and perhaps it was a really obvious list. But I also know what it's like building a business. And I have done all of these things in the past. So don't think that I haven't. I have taken Classroom Secrets from startup phase and I've done everything. Um, and if I haven't done it, then Ed has done it as the other founder. And building a business doesn't happen overnight. And as I was planning this episode, it reminded me how each one of these elements was a step, a role that we had to employ for the first time. And then for that element to not be part of our work anymore, you can't build a great team overnight. So that's what this CEO does, has new ideas, mentors, and has oversight. And you can only have oversight if someone else is doing the doing. So I hope that episode was helpful. It's a bit different to the content I've shared previously, but I hope it was really insightful. I know when I was earlier on in my business journey, there were certain entrepreneurs that I was really interested in finding out more of their day-to-day because I knew it would help me see where I was headed. So don't forget that we're building our training bank and you can find it at educationbusinessclub.co.uk forward slash training. Uh, You can leave me a review if you like, and I'm going to see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk. 